He chooses, He plans, He sets free, He forgives, He guarantees. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of July 11th, 2021. It's the seventh week after Pentecost, and today, Pastor Mark Siegert continues our summer series walking through Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Today we look at chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. This message was recorded live at Bethany. I'd like you to imagine that you don't live in Southern California anymore. So imagine that you live in a different plight, a different place, a different time. We'll call this place where you live, we'll call it your city because that's what it is. It's your city. It's where you live and and you kind of enjoy living there most of the time. There are no cars and no airplanes and no motorcycles buzzing around in your city. Those things haven't been invented yet. But your city is next to a great body of water, and because of that, the climate in your city is pretty mild all year long. It's not usually unbearably hot or unbearably cold, at least not for very long. And because of your city's location on the coast, your city has easy access to to trade routes on land and on sea. So it's an important place, your city. It's an important place for business leaders and for politicians and all kinds of important figures. Your city is pretty important. In fact, people from all over the world are found traveling to and even living in your city and they bring all of their cultures and all of their traditions with them. So your city is a place that's rich. It's it's filled with all kinds of experiences. And right smack in the middle of your city is this well-known theater. It's been built as a stadium, essentially, where large crowds of people can gather to participate and witness all kinds of different cultural activities. Some of those are good, you think. Some of them are not so good, but it's there, and it's one of the things that makes your city so cool. And then just a short walk outside of town from your city is another building that adds to the rich cultural feel of your city. This building is a temple, and it's a temple dedicated to the goddess of your city. That's right, your city is so important, it has a goddess dedicated to it. And this temple is one of the wonders of the world with all of its marble columns and ornate artwork. It's kind of a must-see destination as people pass through. No matter what people think about that particular goddess, anyone who visits your city is obligated to go and at least take a look and probably even obligated to go and give some props and praises to this wonderful goddess of your city. But despite all of this cultural richness, or maybe because of it, I don't know, There's also a sense of uneasiness and anger and tension in your city. And that's to be expected, you tell yourself. Whenever so many different kinds of people come together in a place like this, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. There are people who treat people unfairly, and that means there are people who are treated unfairly. And when all of this happens, Well, people tend to get a little anxious and a little nervous, and they start to push and shove a little bit, and all of this is part of your city, too. So that's a a quick description of life in your city. It's a happening, busy kind of place with rich cultural experiences, some of them good, some of them not so good, but it's your city. 
And you try to make the most of it. Most of the time, you try to stay away from the, the bad things, the trappings of the city, and you do try to enjoy living there, and you realize there are many blessings associated with your city, and you give the real God, you give him all the praise and props for those blessings that are part of life in your city. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, grace and peace and mercy to you who in the name of God, who showers all of us with all of those blessings, the blessings of our city and the spiritual blessings that we read about in Ephesians today too. You may have figured out that the, the city you are imagining is actually first century Ephesus. And you may have also noticed that that, that city really isn't all that different than our city here. And I think that's one of, the fun, one of the reasons it's so fun to look at this book of Ephesians, because the parallels between life in Ephesus and life in Southern California are very similar. It's very easy to make applications from this letter. Our region of Southern California does have a very similar climate to Ephesus, but that's just the beginning. We also live in a place that's rich with diverse cultures and traditions and a place of political and cultural importance. That's our city, isn't it? Ephesus really did have a large outdoor theater in the middle of town. The ruins of that theater still stand today and large crowds could gather, that, gather there and observe and participate in all kinds of things. And some of them were probably blessings. Some of them were not. Some of them were probably trappings. Now, we have not just one stadium, but we have stadiums all over the place. Stadiums where, as Callie said, we can watch all kinds of sporting and cultural activities. And some of those sporting and cultural activities are beamed right into our house. In fact, if we get done here today, we can go watch soccer if we want. We can see Italy and England play each other in the championship game. And I know you're all going to be home by 5 o'clock to watch the Phoenix Suns get one game closer to their world championship. <laughs> That's where I'll be anyway. So we have all nature of sports stadiums, amusement parks, and other places in our world where people can gather and participate in and watch all kinds of cultural activities. And many of them are blessings, and so we give props and praises to our God for them. And the region of Ephesus then was also the home to the temple of Artemis, and it really was one of the wonders of the world in its day. And people who were to go there were strongly encouraged to give their props and praises to Artemis, the god of the region of, Art of uh, Ephesus. Of course, we don't have a singular temple in our culture, do we? We have all kinds of temples. Some of them are beautiful and ornate, where people can go and give props and praises to all kinds of false gods. And Ephesus had its share of tensions and anxiety, too, and so do we. In fact, as the Christian movement grew in Ephesus, it seems that there was a riot in that big stadium. You can read about it in Acts chapter 20, but the short story is this. You see, a significant segment of the economy in Ephesus was based on this temple and people buying their trinkets in, in, to pay homage to Artemis. And in fact, you couldn't just go to this temple and maybe buy some cool merchandise in one of the shops. No, you were, you were kind of required to purchase these trinkets to give your homage to Artemis. 
And as Christians stopped doing this because they rightly saw it as a, an act of idolatry, well, the economy suffered. And over time, people got tense. When things like that happens, that's what happens. People get tense. And tempers flared and tweets were tweeted and everybody gathered in the stadium and there was pushing and shoving and name calling and all kinds of accusations. You see, there was tension in Ephesus and there's tension in our society too. And it's not all that far below the surface. That was the setting in Ephesus and that's the setting here too, isn't it? There are plenty of reasons for us to give props and praises to our God, but it's also a setting that's filled with trappings and tensions and anxiety. And this morning then, we read a, a small introductory section of Paul's letter to the Christians living in Ephesus, and as it turns out, it's Paul's letter, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's Paul's letter to us living here in Southern California too. And what's the first thing that Paul has to say to us here? Well, we notice right away that he hasn't said anything yet about those rich but tense cultural settings that are involved in our world. No, instead, it's quite noteworthy that at the beginning of this letter, Paul pours out for us all of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. I think Paul writes emphatically about this because he wants to pull our attention away from the things that go on in our world, even those rich blessings that we have. For the moment, Paul is calling all of our attention to those amazing and spiritual gifts that are ours, regardless of what city or place we live in. And if we take a look at that passage again, we see the richness of those blessings, and it's almost like it's indescribable. You see, when Paul wrote this letter to his friends in Ephesus, this was one long, gushing sentence. All of that passage, verses 3 through 14, was one 202-word sentence in Greek. Any English teacher with a red pen is going to have a field day with this sentence, right? But Paul doesn't write it that way because he's a bad writer. No, quite the opposite. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul is simply pouring out these blessings upon us. There's a reason why it's one long sort of rambling sentence. He's bathing us in and relentlessly reminding us of these spiritual blessings. So we take a note of them for a little bit. And he's reminding us that these spiritual blessings are far better than any of the other blessings that we might find in our lives. No matter how good those blessings are, or no matter how absent those blessings are in our culture, these spiritual blessings are far, far better, Paul says. Here are just a few of some of those spiritual blessings that Paul brings to our attention. Before creation, Paul says, God chose us to be holy and perfect in his presence. And because of his love for us, God had already decided to adopt us. And because of his kindness, we are set free. We are forgiven through Christ, which was God's plan from the very beginning. Through Christ, God gives us all manner of wisdom and insight, and we have been sealed in the Holy Spirit. These are great, great blessings. We are guaranteed to have all of those spiritual blessings through eternity, Paul says. 
no matter what might happen or not happen in our city. So I have a little bit of homework for you this week. Don't worry, it's not too difficult. What I want you to do for the next six days is read that passage from Ephesians. Ephesians 1, chapter 3 through 14. I'll put this in the Bethany bullet, but read it through once or twice a day. It's really worth reading that many times. Read it in a couple of different, or different translations. And each day as you read it, let those spiritual blessings pour over you and, and make a note of one or two of them. And by the end of the week, you're gonna have quite a list. And as you contemplate those spiritual blessings, you might find a list that's a little bit longer or a little bit shorter than the one that I just rattled off, but I think you will notice a couple different things. First off, it becomes pretty clear as you read it again and again that it's God who is giving these blessings, not any of the important people in our world. It's God. He chooses. He plans. He sets free. He forgives. He guarantees. It's so clear. It starts to bubble up. And then you'll also notice that unlike any of the physical blessings that we might find in our city, these spiritual blessings that you're reading about are purely blessings. There's no deciding if they're good or not, if we should watch them or participate in them or not. They're just always and only spiritual blessings for us. And then we'll notice that it's God, the one true God, creator of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's that God who is then worthy of all of our props and praises. You see, against the backdrop of, of Ephesus and against the backdrop of Long Beach, all of this is radically different and Paul is trying to call our attention to that difference. For example, in Ephesus, if you gave the right kind of props and praises to Artemis, she might bless you. She might pick you to be on her team. Or if you didn't like the props and praises she gave, she might pick you last. I don't know. And that kind of religious thinking is still found today in our society, isn't it? But the one true God, through Jesus Christ, he planned to provide these spiritual blessings for us way before we gave our props and praises. He picked us first, even though we really were worthy of being picked last. And we know that God completed this plan for us when he sent his son Jesus to the cross, and there on the cross, he did not pour out blessings on his son, though he deserved them. He poured out punishment on his son on our behalf. And his son died, and of course his son rose again. And now, as we place our trust in Jesus, we are united to him, and we have every spiritual blessing that God has in mind for us. Now, as we go out into our city and think about all the things that are happening out there, is it a broken world? It is. Are there things that might be trappings that we should stay away from? There are. Are there people who are oppressed and struggling and having difficulties in their life? There are, and quite frankly, one of the best ways we can give our props and praises is to walk alongside of those people. Whether they believe in Jesus and trust in all of these spiritual blessings or not, we walk alongside them and pour out on them love and kindness just as God poured it out on us. And then are there also physical blessings in our world for which we can give God praise and thanks? Absolutely. We praise God from whom all blessings flow. And Paul is going to talk about 
all of these other parts of the world in the rest of his letter. And it's going to be good for us over the next several weeks to take a look at that. But here, at this beginning, I think Paul is sort of writing an answer to a prayer that we pray in Psalm 51. In Psalm 51, we ask God, restore to us the joy of his salvation. And here, at the beginning of Ephesians, God is doing that. He's pouring out the spiritual blessings which are intended to restore to us this spiritual joy that we have for all of his blessings. And it's going to strengthen us and equip us as we step out into that world. Brothers and sisters, spend some time with that 202-word sentence this week. It's the joy of God's salvation poured out on us, and Paul is writing it to anchor our hearts and minds, to be mindful of, and to give God all props and praises for those unending and amazing and almost indescribable spiritual blessings. In Christ, those blessings are yours. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Seth Mormon brings us a message from Ephesians chapter 2, 